Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Uh, In the Word, eventually I'm going to get to Genesis chapter 4. Verse 1, but I do want to go through some scriptures as we start a new series. So with that being said, go with me really quickly to Matthew. Go to Matthew um, chapter 7. We'll go to verse verse 1. It says, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. And the Bible says the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be what? Judged. And it says in verse 3, and why worry about a speck in your what? Friends out. So this is not an enemy. Okay. So why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have you have a log in your what? Your what? Oh. And then he says, verse 4, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me what? Like you, like you really want to help. Not, you don't, he didn't say let me hurt you. He said let me what? He said let me help you. He says, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when what? When you can't see past the what? Log in your own eye. Then Jesus gets real strong with a word. He says, hypocrite. He says, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough. Say well enough. Say well enough. He's not saying that you don't want to help. He's just saying you're not going to really be able to help. You know, everybody can't help you. Like they may want to help you. Come on now. You say, well, yeah, they can. Okay, well, let just anybody go and do brain surgery on you. You're not going to let anybody cut on your head and open up your brain. Why? Because no, everybody, people might want to help you. Come on, loved ones want to help you, but they don't have the capacity to help you. Because they, they didn't go through 100 years of school, amen, to become a surgeon. And so <laughs> we realize that Jesus is saying here, he's given us a principle, I believe. You can, you can only help others to the degree that you're helped. Okay? Uh, a, a good way of saying this is, when we're on the plane, uh, how m- whenever you travel uh, to different places, you go through TSA, and uh, TSA, they check you. Sometimes they pat you down. You be ready to punch somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Someone get a little too close. Amen? Then they check your kids if you got kids. I don't know what a kid going to be carrying, but they check the kids. And uh, they put the little thing on them and beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep. And then you go do that. You take off your shoes. And y'all be taking off all your jewelry. Y'all should stop wearing all that jewelry to the airport. Because all you hear is ching, 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 ching. Well, you know, then you might not even get that piece once it comes through the tunnel. Amen. Somebody might have put their hand in there and said, this is not going to work on the plane. Yeah. But anyway, you take off all your jewelry. You take off your belts, your Louis Vuitton belt. Take off your Gucci glasses because that's going to send it off too. And then you take all that off. You put it in there. It goes through on the other side, then you come back, put it on. I'm dragging this out for a reason, or really not, but I'm just having fun. But it, you, so you, 
take the stuff out, you put it on, you put your shoes on, then I usually go put some hand sanitizer on because I just touched a lot of stuff. And then after that, that's just me, pray for my deliverance. So I get up and I go to the airport, you go, not airport, but go to the, uh, the gate, the gate. I'm already in the airport, that's right. And I go to the gate, I find my gate. Depending on how much time you got left, you Y'all ever seen people run in the airport? I tried that a couple times, maybe one time, and that just, I might have went to see Jesus if I wasn't careful. I ain't ran in a while, and I still missed the flight. Amen. And came back mad. Amen. But thank God for deliverance. So then I went to the, so you go to the gate, you go to the gate, you wait there, keep checking your ticket and everything. You get on the plane. They call all the, uh, all the different roles, the groups. This group, group one, come in. Group two, come in. Group three, come in. Group four, come in. Group five, come in. Group six, come in. Groups. So you all, y'all all walking in, and everybody putting their luggage over, overhead, and then everybody gets in this. Then sometimes you get in the empty seat, a seat where it's like an empty seat beside you, and you hoping that nobody else come on the plane. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You hoping and praying. You speaking in tongues. You going into English, Chinese, Spanish. You're going all kind of language, believing that God is going to bring, he's going to bring breakthrough and that that seat is going to remain empty. Amen. And guess what happens? They say, you ask, you ask the flight attendant, is there anybody else coming? I, I don't think there is. I don't think there's anybody else coming. Then all of a sudden, you see one person come in. They go past the first row. They go past the second row. You say, the devil is a lie. You bet not come to this row. Then they look lost. I'm so, and then they say, oops, I'm sorry. This is where I am. You, if you don't get out my, but you got to let them sit there. So they sit there. But anyway, this is what they say before you leave. They tell you this. They always tell you this. They say, in the case that we lose cabin pressure, always make sure, always make sure in the case of a crisis that you make sure you got the mask on your face before you try to help somebody on a plane get the mask on their face. What's the point they're trying to give? You better help yourself before you reach out and try to help somebody else. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to help and reach out and help somebody else, and we're suffocating ourselves. If you can't swim, you don't need to be trying to save me from drowning. Can I get an amen? So Jesus says, this is what he says. He says, remove, he says, remove the beam out of your eye. I really believe that's speaking about perception. He says, remove the beam out of your eye so that, not just so that you can help them, but so that you can perceive well enough. Because really, helping people in your family, in your job, um, in church, the level of your help will come. It will really be dependent on your perception of the problem. So if you can't, if you can't clearly see the problem, that's what happens sometimes when a person, sometimes parents maybe, they're disciplining their child and, and I'm not a parent, but I'm just going to suggest sometimes, you know, it's just like, um, no, I can't say that because y'all get offended if I say that. That's y'all favorite TV show, favorite documentary. But let me tell you this. There, there are some things you can't beat out of children. But if you don't perceive correctly and get the beam out of you, y'all ain't talking to me, you can't deal with the speck in your child life because there's still issues uh, in your own life. So you you trying to, in other words, it's just like a person, you know, if they were, it, you can't cook my food if you ain't cleaned your hands. Come on now. 
because you're going to infect me. Y'all with me? I'm just, I'm just trying to show you that there's this principle that until you are helped out, you really can't help somebody else out. That's why we're starting this series, Team Monsters, because there are monsters that are on our team. And, 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 and I know everyone got your favorite monster that you used to have growing up, Freddy Krueger or, or, or Jason or, or, or Godzilla. I don't know who your monster was. But how many of you know there are real monsters trying to eat up families? They're trying to eat up workplace environments. They're trying to even eat up churches. So this, throughout this whole month, we're going to talk about these monsters that if we don't stop these monsters and kill these monsters, they're going to mess up our unity. They're going to, they're going to break up our unity. They're going to fight our unity. So we're calling, these, we're calling this whole series for the rest of this month, Team Monsters. Amen. So we're not going to talk about Godzilla. Amen. We ain't going to talk about Jason. Amen. We ain't going to talk about Chucky. Amen. <laughs> Some of y'all need to get delivered from Chucky. <laughs> he ain't cute. He's wrong. Amen. So we're going to talk about, because I believe as we get help healed, we're going to be able to help other people. I'll give you one more example, and then we'll go in. I'll do a lot of this for the first one, maybe, and then we won't do it any for the rest of the topics, the rest of the monsters. But, the, but there was a movie I watched some time ago. It was back in the 90s, and it was about a, uh, it was about a, it was about a disease. And it was, the movie was called Outbreak. You ever watched that movie? How many of y'all remember watching that movie? That was back in the day, man. That's when movies were good. No. And so I was watching. I won't tell you who I was watching it with, but I was watching it. And uh, see, now you want to know. See, I'm messing with you. I can't tell y'all that. But I was watching it. And uh, the movie, if you never watched it, it's about this disease. I forgot the initial point of where it came from, but it eventually gets to this monkey, this little cute monkey. This little ooh, 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 monkey, I mean, cute monkey. And the monkey's just running around, and he, I think he, he either bites somebody or he, he spits on somebody, but a person gets this disease. And I'm talking about this disease was taking people out like within a month. I mean, it was, it was knocking people out. And it got so bad, this disease, that this, now, by the way, the monkey wasn't being affected by it. They were just carrying it. Y'all with me? So they weren't being affected by, the monkey wasn't being affected by the disease. He was just living a good life. Just, but anybody he was coming in contact, when he came in contact with that person, it spread to them. And when that person came in contact with somebody else, I think they were in a movie theater, somebody started coughing, it spread to them. And you see this disease that starts off in this monkey spreading to everybody else. Are y'all with me? Because sometimes, depending on who you're around, they won't help you, but they will hurt you. Their presence won't help you. It will hurt you. The Bible says a root of bitterness will spring up and it will corrupt many. In other words, it will become contagious. In other words, you were not bitter with that race until you start hanging out with this person. Then they start talking to you back in the day when I went through this. And all of a sudden, that's why I'm very careful. I can't watch every movie about back in the day. Amen. Because then I come out, the first person I see, I want to put, y'all ain't talking to me. You see somebody at the gas station, they say, can you please move out the way? No, you move out the way. I, we free. We, you know. But you've been watching, Kunta, you've been watching that all day long. That movie is way too long to try to watch in one day. Don't, wa- don't, don't put five out. I'm watching part one part. Don't watch all those parts in one day. You can't handle those many parts. 
your name is Toby. No, my name is, I mean, you can't handle that. So then you come out, you angry at everybody. You come out growling. That's how you know it got you. Amen. And, and what I'm saying is, this is all I'm saying, is that I believe just like that monkey caused the breakout, that on our teams, if we don't deal with ourselves, it, we will cause a breakout of anger, breakout of rage, breakout of bitterness, a breakout of confusion because of one person. We were, I'm going to read probably later on about how, probably later on this month, about how those 10 scouts came back and the fear they had translated to a whole nation. They kept the whole nation from walking in their promised land, a whole generation. Why? Because of their own personal fears. So I believe, yes, we're better together, but we're only as strong as we are strong individually. That's why, let me talk to the singles, when people, if they say, you know, you know when you get married, you're going to find your other half. No, it's not two halves coming together. That means I can't be whole without her. She ain't Jesus. I just gave you a word. If I got to get married to be whole, then I must not need Jesus. I have to make sure I'm whole first. Amen. I have to make sure I'm strong first. Come on now. Can I get an amen from the singles? Glory to God. And can I get an amen from the married people who've been there and done that? Amen. Sometimes you just need amens from certain people. Amen. They quiet. When I found her, she was my other half. No, Jesus helps you. Because in the end day, can I be honest with you? What happens at the end of the life? Because you know somebody's going to go first. One spouse is going to go first. And it's just going to be you and Jesus again. So then who's going to keep you hold in? He's my life. She's my life. They, nobody's your life but Jesus. Amen. I just gave you a word. I helped somebody out. So tell your neighbors today, we got to be careful. Proverbs 12, verse 4 says, A worthy wife is a crown for a husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. I'm just, I'm just starting this series. I'm just, get, I'm just showing you how we can be like a disease to other people. Tell, you, tell, you, tell your neighbors and neighbor, we're getting all the cancer out of our family. We're getting all the cancer out of the church. Come on now. Getting all the cancer out of our work environment. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 17. Look at this. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 17. We're looking at a, a, a man that's teaching, and he used that word cancer again. He says, this kind of talk spreads like what? Okay? Disease. As in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. So we have to be, we have to watch out whose counsel we're submitting to. Because it can, it can spread, it can actually spread like, like cancer. Here goes, here goes another one, Proverbs 14, verse 30. It says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. And then it goes on to say, and this is really more so personal, but it says, but it says jealousy is like cancer in the bones. I wonder if that's why some people, because jealousy began to actually affect their physical body. Could it be? I'm just, so, so tell your neighbors, we, we got some beams we got to remove. We gotta. I just believe, and I'm I'm in this with you. I'm not I'm not coming at this like I got everything figured out. Matter of fact, even if you got free from some of these topics, we're gonna cover these monsters. Uh, if you don't continuously resist them, they can come back in. Y'all with me? 
Like, like if you don't keep your foot on it, it, it can come back in and you're going to find yourself dealing with these monsters. They're going to be terrorizing you, amen, taking sleep at night, keeping you up at night, making you feel like the boogeyman is here, amen. But, but I'm, I just want to, I believe that God is going to release peace in this series. He's going to release healing in this series. He's going to release hope in this series. He's going to release encouragement in this series. Your families are going to become whole. Come on now. At your job, your work environment is going to become better. Come on now. At the church, our relationships are going to get better. Are you with me? But I believe it starts with us getting the beam out of our eye. Are y'all with me? I'm just trying to start this off. So today we're focusing in on rejection. Say rejection. Okay. Now, some may say, and I, I believe it is personally, uh, that rejection uh, is not only an act, but it's also a spirit that someone can carry. But, but, but for the sake of the teaching today, I just want to call it a attitude that we have. It's a mindset. I'm, and I'm not against spirits. I believe in exorcism. I believe in, I believe it, when Jesus cast out demons, it's not like they left and never came back to the world. Amen. So I believe that Jesus does come to set the captive free. And, and I believe that. But, but really, the main thing, after we get free from the spirit, our mind has to be renewed. The Bible says when a man... He was, in Mark 5, it says he was set free from those demons. It says he was in his right mind. Because I believe the, the influence of demons is not just so that you can, you know, make a, make a movie about it called The Exorcism. The influence of demons is it affects our mind. It traps, it, say that it traps our mind. Okay, all right, okay. So let me go a little bit deeper in that, then I'm going to come back. Demons are like glue. You say, why? Thank y'all for asking. I kind of thought that was rhetorical maybe, but see, this piece of paper, I'm, I got, I'm push, placing it here, right? But every time I place it here, it's going to do what? Probably keep sliding back. Keep sliding back. See, there are some thoughts that will fly into your head. But by the grace of God, they don't have to stick. I'm giving you a picture. So they come in, they slide right off. Cuss them out. It comes in, slide them right back out. Don't go to their birthday. Slide right back off. Bless those who curse you. It, it says, uh, what's another one? Oh, don't go to family reunion this year. Slides right off. No, I need to because I need to go witness to somebody. What I'm saying is that there are thoughts that come in our head all the time, but we got to learn how to cast them what down. However, this is what happens with demons. Demons are like glue. When that thought comes, it'll stamp it. It will glue it down in place to where you can't shake the thought. And until you get something that's going to be like a, like that's going to make it, I'm going to make up a word, unsticky again. You're not going to be able to get free. You're going to have that thought of suicide that you can't get rid of. I'm, I'm teaching you. This is a month of, if we're going to talk about everything else around the world, about goblins, we're going to talk about the real enemy. Come on now. So that, that thing, listen, I'm, I'm giving you a picture because this is going to, this is really, this month is a month of freedom. So if, you don't, if we don't want to be free, then we don't, I'm just telling you, we don't want to come to this series, but we're going to get it. Amen. We're going to get free. It's, 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 so it comes in, slides in. All right. Addiction. 
five sins, five thousand. But when that demon comes of addiction, you find yourself saying, see, that one got free because that went, what it do? But you find yourself saying, I just can't seem to get rid of this thought process. I can't seem to get rid of this mindset. Another way you can say it, it's like nails. You, know, you, you, put, you put a board up, but then you, what? You nail it to hold it in place. The enemy, what he does is he put thoughts in our head. And what happens is I believe he's trying to build a stronghold. Let me make it very simple so I won't Christianese this thing. Is he's just trying to build a house. Y'all with me? Now, we're in a room right now, and we didn't just put up beams in this house. We, we put, there's nails in this. It was glue. All, see, there's things holding these beams together so that we can come in here and say, hallelujah, God. And, you know, not have to worry about something going, and, you know, ducking our head. Because there's something holding up these beams in place. It's keeping these beams in place. And so what the enemy does is he uses thoughts. They're not beams, but he uses thoughts. And what he'll do is he'll allow a spirit to come in and hold certain thoughts in place. You didn't get what I said. So now that's why it says when the man was set free, he was now in his right mind. Y'all ain't talking to me. So the, so the, house, the house has to be destroyed. Strongholds are not necessarily demons. They're mindsets in our life that demons can live in. Their job is to maintain their house. Just like you clean your house or like you wash your dishes, their job is to keep it maintained so that it will, it will stand strong. But see, what God, I believe, wants to do in this series, I believe he wants to break down the house and wants to get rid of the demon. Amen. That's what he wants to do. He's trying to build something in your mind, and that's why it's so important for us to take it and go, Ugh. take it and go, Ugh. take it and go, Ugh. take it and go, resist the devil, and he will, we got to, so, so that's what he's trying to build, and so what, what can even end up happening sometimes is that there is a spirit of rejection, and the same way I just gave you the picture, he puts up a thought, well, daddy left you at six years old, that's a bean. You, got, you get fired at every job you go to after about two years. That's a bean. Your spouse don't even like you. That's a bean. And then a spirit comes in called rejection and says, this is where I'm going to live. And every time you try to get rid of it all, he says, nope, no, no, don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. And he renails it. Because the reinforcement it's what keeps that building strong. But I declare just like Joshua came in, he said, the walls of Jericho, he says, shout. And when he shouted, those walls came tumbling down. Now, listen, listen to this. They still had to fight after the walls came down. But the walls were protecting them. See, there are certain mindsets that will protect demons. And if, if, you, if, if you don't break down the wall of the stronghold, the idea, then what will happen is the demon will be safe. Oh, I'm so safe. Shoot as many bombs as you want. It's going to keep on hitting the walls. But there's a time coming by the Spirit of God where I believe God will set you free in your mind, and then the walls will come tumbling down. And when they come tumbling down, out will come every spirit, every monster that's trying to torment you and keep you from God's best. The devil is a liar. God is breaking into some households on this series, and he's setting people free. Come on now. And then God's going to set up shop. 
Yeah. So that's how that's how this thing kind of works. So that's why it is very important that when we get thoughts, and we're going to be talking about jealousy in this series. We'll probably be talking about fear. But when we get these thoughts, we have to quickly resist them. Because if not, there can be a household that's built, which will bring, build a habitation. I just helped. I just gave you something. I mean, you, you can take a, I mean, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to show you this. So rejection, say rejection. Okay. So rejection is a very sneaky thing. Genesis chapter four. I'm going to read this Genesis chapter four, verse four. Say your neighbor, say neighbor. Say rejection will no longer hold me. It says, Abel, I already read this earlier in offering, but I want you to see it from a different lens now. It says, Abel also brought a what? The best of what? From his flock. The Lord accepted. He did what? He accepted Abel and his what? Mm -hmm. Keep going. Verse 5, but he did not what? In other words, he did what? He rejected it. And the Bible says this. This made Cain angry and what? Stop right there. Don't go to any other scripture. So what are the, what are the manifestations of rejection? We know at least two manifestations. Anger, rage, and sadness, dejected. Go to Amplified. I'll show you the Amplified. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Anger and sadness. It says, why are you so what? Angry, and then he says, why are you angry, and why do you look so what? And what? You, you can see rejection on people's face. Come on now. I believe you can see it. It, it, says, it says, why do you look so sad and depressed and depressed, and what? Dejected. So I really believe that, that rejection, rejection equals anger plus sadness. You're, you're, one moment you're crying that you that they left you, the next moment you say, I'm going to get him back. You know, that, that, that's, that's, I'm going to cut him one moment, then the next moment I'm crying, eating ice cream. Amen. It's, it's the mixture between anger, rage, and sadness or depression. But <laughs> whatever is manifesting, if it's just depression or if it's just anger, I told you this was a month of freedom. Amen. And whatever's been trying to hold you back from God's best for your life, because can I tell you this? You have a future. God's got an expected end for you. God has better for you. And I'm not bringing you in this room today to condemn you. I'm bringing you in this room to, to help you become convinced that God has better for you. And I don't care who left you. If God never leaves you, you're still okay. You're still good to go. Everybody might leave you hanging on the cross, but that's all right. Keep on hanging in there because God is going to resurrect you in the next three days. Can I get an amen from somebody? That he's still the God of resurrection, even after you face rejection. So, so I got to take you through a tunnel to get there, though. But so just stay with me. So it says, why are you so angry? And why do you look, why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? Verse, verse 7, New Living Translation. Let's go back. It says, you will be what? If you do what? What is right? Now, obviously... God doesn't accept everything. Um, and I have to say this because I'm going to, contextually, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay in the context of this, but I'm going to give you the principle of what we're saying. So contextually, God doesn't accept everything. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, present your body 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. We can't tell God how we want to worship him. He tells us how he wants to be worshiped. Amen. It's just like you can't go get a gift for somebody that you like, the gift you like. You got to get the gift they like. Why you don't like my gift? Because that's what you like. That's what you like. Your kids don't like that outfit, best dad in the world. That's what you like. So the dad goes out and get it. Don't you like my gift? No, you like my gift. So God, so, so God, then the wife gets the husband a shirt, I have the best wife in the world, you know. Tell your neighbor's a neighbor. That's not, that hopefully that's what he likes, but still, even if he don't, like, that's what she likes. Husband say, I'm Superman. I got, the woman has a shirt on, I married a Superman. The husband got it for her. You see, I got more laughs on that than the other one. Amen, Josh. Keep moving. All right, so what I'm saying is that God doesn't accept everything. So in this case, he, he did reject Cain. So he rejected him. Just the way it is. I, I can't, I got to teach the fullness of God. I can't teach parts of God. So he did reject him for right reason. God is never wrong when he rejects. He's always right. So, but he didn't leave him hanging because he says what? You will be accepted. Giving him a chance. He said, brother, I'm giving you a chance. He said, you will be accepted if you do what is, but if you what, then what? Because there's something outside your door. Sin is crouching at the door. Eager, this, this is eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Stop right there. Here goes one of the signs, the potential signs of rejection. Okay? No, actually, well, can I read one more scripture? Okay, verse 8, because then we're going to talk. I, I like, it's good to read scripture so you know where we're coming from and we're not just out there talking. Amen? It says, one day Cain suggested to his brother. Now, before this, do you ever see where Cain and Abel have an argument? By the way, Abel was his youngest brother. Do you ever see, which is his family, they were in relationship. This wasn't his enemy, this was his family member. Um, do you ever see where uh, Abel tells him, you look stupid. You ever see where Abel tells him, you look crazy? You ever see where Abel tries to steal some of his, um, actually tries to steal some of his crops? No, you never see him go in his, his crops and steal, let me get a couple of cantaloupes and let me get a couple of watermelon, amen. He, he never goes in there, let me get some asparagus, amen. He never goes in there. We don't know if they had, I'm just saying. So he goes in there, he never, you never see that. But you do see this. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. Let's go hang out, bro. And while they were in the field, what happened? And killed him. Now, did Abel deserve that? Did he do anything to deserve it? But go back. What happened? Verse 6. Verse 6. Look what happened. Says, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Go back, verse five. Show you something. This is all. This all happened. But he did not accept what. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. Can I suggest it to you? This anger lasted for days, even weeks. It wasn't. I don't believe it was necessary. Now, if you take scripture, you could assume it was the same day. Even if it was, let me suggest it wasn't the same day. So, so imagine. 
even if it was a couple hours, imagine Cain sitting there just. <sighs> Have you ever got so angry you start crying? Y'all ain't, y'all, y'all so saving here. Where did y'all grow up in Beverly Hills? I mean, tell Oh, Mr. Rogers, I mean, where did y'all grow up? I'm talking about you guys so angry. Don't buy your brother and sister never made you so angry at you. <laughs> and tears are coming out of your face, not because you're in worship, because you're angry. <laughs> when I used to lose video games, I, I, I think I cried maybe once, not a lot, but just a couple times. Because I had a passion for winning souls. Amen. God was teaching me how to win back then, though. So, no, I'm messing. But. <laughs> This is what was going on with Cain. (laughs) All because of rejection. Verse 8, he takes his brother out to the field, and he does what? He attacks him and kills him. So he attacked the person who didn't deserve an attack. I'm showing you something. Uh, Pat, come here, come here. Stand here. I got to do this. Stand right there. Elder Sloan, stand over here, please. Sometimes I have to be an actor. Excuse me. You go. I should have been an actor. I guess the prophetic is dramatic, so let me go over here. Go over here. Stand right here, brother. Don't mess up my example. All right. Let me show you how this works. We're going to play between these two different terminologies, but let's say this is your past. Over here. This is your future. All right? Say future. I'm going to walk back, get a workout in. Past. I'm going to show you something. Let me show you. This is past. Past. Future. I'm going to move to the rest of the points fast. I'm going to get you out for Golden Corral. Hold on. Okay. Future. Here we go. So let's stay right here. This is, this is Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. This is the rejection scene. And I want to open this up because while God rejected him in this relationship, there's another relationship that he has with Abel. But I don't want to get there yet. This is what he does, though. He takes the rejection in this scene and translates it to rage and retaliation in this scene. Abel didn't do anything to him. I'm going to come down your street. Just stay with me. Abel didn't do anything to him. He's not the reason why Cain is so angry. I'm showing some of you your life right now. He said, he said he didn't do anything. He was just doing what he was supposed to be doing. He couldn't help this often got accepted by God and yours didn't. I'm giving you a word. He's just over here minding his business. I'm showing you teamwork. I'm showing you how this thing, this monster can come in our teams. He's getting blessed. He's putting stuff on Instagram. He's got, in a sense, what Cain wanted. That's that single person where all their friends get married, but they ain't got married yet. And they keep being a maid of honor in everybody's wedding. And growling the whole time. So I'm like, I wouldn't mind coming. Well, this person over here is getting married. You're not. 
That's what happens, though. I'm going to show you. I'm going to get a little more workout in. Stay with me. Tell your neighbor, say, stay with them. So what happens is <clears throat> the baggage. Can I carry this uh, Louis Vuitton bag, please? See, what happens is, whoo, this thing got a lot in it. What happens is the baggage of pain you carry from this relationship. Y'all see where I'm going? You take it over to a new relationship. And you start fighting them. And you start putting, y'all, I'm trying to help you. You start putting the pain on them. Because hurt people can hurt people. You start attacking them. And they did nothing to you. But what happened is the hurt you experienced over here, you didn't know how to get rid of it at the cross. You ain't talking to me. And so what ended up happening is you start taking it to all your new relationships, something that they never even did to you. You start taking it out on people who saying, why are they doing this to me? Why are they acting like this to me? Why are you going off on me like this at work? What did I do to you? Did you have a bad day last night? You know why? Because they're taking what happened over here. Ah! And they're bringing it over. Number one point, you redirect your anger. Who should he have really been angry with if he was going to be angry with anybody? God or himself. But he ended up being angry with Abel, who did nothing to him, did nothing wrong to him. So how does this translate? I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna come to your house. How does this translate? This translate right there, brothers. Thank you for the Louis Vuitton bag. How does this translate? The way this translates, you get rejected on your job. They say, we're going to cut your pay down. We're going to cut your hours. You feel angry. and You feel sad. It happened over here. The pain comes on you, and you bring it back home over here. I'm trying to show you. So your family, your family, they become hurt. And they become damaged because of something you didn't deal with over there. So then what happens is you become abusive. So the husband didn't feel like a man because somebody rejected him at five years old. So he starts taking it out on his wife who didn't do anything to him. Abel didn't do anything to Cain. Innocent. But, re, but, re, but re, rejection has the tendency to cause delayed revenge. In other words, it, it, it didn't, you, you're not, re, like, if God rejected you, God, rah! you know, he didn't say anything to God. He waited. And he waited till he got around Abel. And that's when he released the anger and the hurt that God caused him. And that's what some of us do. We get hurt 10 years ago, and we bring it. We got hurt in 2009, but we hurt people because of it in 2019. We're killing people, not physically, but we're trying to kill their reputation. We're going off on them. We're telling them off and rolling our neck till they ain't no more neck to roll. You know why? we're hurt. 
need a healer named Jesus to heal our hearts so that we'll stop taking we'll stop taking what happened over here and bringing it to people who don't deserve it over here. So a kid has a bad home life. They bring it to school and go off on their teacher. Teacher ain't done nothing to them. They're just trying to teach the class. But the child is going off in class. Why? Because they're taking the rejection from their home and it's translating to rage at the school. Y'all with me? I'm showing you that that's what Cain did. He struggled with that. He didn't know how to drop it off. Give it up for these brothers for being great actors for me. So say redirect your anger. All right, the second point is I believe that you resist correction. Resist correction or you resist the helping hand. That's number two. You say, why is that? Because God was sitting there trying to explain to him. He said, listen, brother, if you just do what's right. Have you sat there and tried to explain you had a three-hour conversation with somebody trying to tell them what not to do? And they end up doing it anyway. It's like, did you hear anything I said? God is sitting there trying to reason with this man, and he's telling him, brother, just listen. If you just do us right, you will be accepted. I believe it's hard to receive correction when you're under a spirit of rejection. Let me tell you how that can translate. Let me tell you a manifestation of that, I believe. You're talking. Have you ever tried to help somebody, and before you can really help them, they already say, I already know. Oh, I know. I know. It's hard for them to receive. You're like, I'm just trying to. No, I already know. I already know that. Yeah, I know what you're about to say. They already know what you're about to say, but they really don't. They're lying. Because they don't ever want to, because they've been hurt so much. They're saying, you're just trying to act like I'm not smart. That's in the back of the head. You, you just act like I'm, 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 I'm dumb, and I, I know I ain't go to college like you. I already know. I already know. I already know. So you carry a chip around on your shoulder. How many of y'all know some already know people? I already know. I already know. You, they ain't even heard what you, you just said, hey, I already know. I already know. They, I've done it before. How many of you ever done it before? We've all done it. You know why? Because we're scared. You're going to try to throw me under the bus. And I'm still a man. Especially sometimes man to woman and woman to man. Who are you trying? I already know that, girl. No, you don't. That's what, you, you can't dress. That's why I'm trying to help you out. No. You don't know how to, you can't match for nothing. You don't, I already know that. I knew that. I was, I was going to wear that outfit. I already thought to wear that outfit. No, you didn't. It's hard to receive correction. Whenever you come into relationships and as you try to help people, they get nervous. It's a chance. They're battling with the spirit of rejection. They already know. They already know everything. You can't teach them anything new because they already know. I was just thinking about that the other day. No, you weren't. But they, they can't become vulnerable because if I become vulnerable, I might get hurt again. God is sitting there saying, brother, if you just do what's right, if you just do what's right, if you just do what's right, if you would just go and save high and spend low, if you would apply some of the Luke 8 principles, I already know, I already know, I already know. I mean, if you would just go to a couple ultimate merger marriage classes, if you, if you would just go talk to some other married couples about your story, I already know, I already know that, I already know, I already know, I already know. If you, if you would just kind of lay off of some of the sweets, then maybe you'll have more energy in the day. I already know, 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 I already know that, I already know that. 
If you will get around some more mature parents who have wisdom, it'll help you out with your parents. I already know that. No, I already know that. I don't need that. So you have people actually killing not only themselves, but their whole families. Because they're so hurt they can't receive correction. We would just change. We resist a helping hand. (sighs) Peter's on the boat. He says, I'm too much of a sinner to be around you, Jesus. Get off my boat. And sometimes our own shame is what cuts us off from a helping hand. People are trying to help us, but we say, I'm too dirty for you to help us. I'm too, no, I don't want you to get in my life because you're going to see some stuff in me. Everybody got stuff. Can I just help you out? Everybody got stuff. Oh, everybody got stuff. They might not have told you, but they got it. They smiling, smelling good with all that Louis Vuitton cologne on, but they, they still got stuff. Amen. <laughs> you just keep looking at their Instagram page, keep getting thrown off. So n- number three, rebellion. Say rebellion. Say rebellion. So all that rebellion. He just did totally opposite of what God was telling him to do. The Bible says sin is crouching at the door. It's, it's, that tells you sin is not just something you do. It's active. It's personified in Scripture. I believe whenever, now I want to show you this picture. Go with me to verse 8. Is this helping somebody today? I hope this is. Look at what it says. Verse 9, verse 9, verse 9. No, no, go back. Verse 7, verse 7. I'm playing Scripture game with you. Verse 7. Look what it says. Look what it says. You will be accepted if you do what is what? But if you refuse to do what is then watch out. Why do you need to watch out? Because sin is already at the door. Now, I believe, and I'm going to show you a spiritual tactic. If the enemy can condemn you, he will condemn you out of your call. Let me help you. That means your weakest moments more than likely will be when you feel the greatest condemnation. Because what condemnation does is condemnation will break down your faith. 1 John 3, verse 21 says, I'm going to help you out. Tell your neighbor, he's going to help you out. I'll give you scripture. Sometimes you got to take scripture breaks. 1 John 3, verse 21 says, dear friends, if we don't feel what? Then we can do what? Well, bold. Say bold confidence. Lord, I need you to make a way out of nowhere. I need you to heal my family. I need you to deliver me. You come boldly when you don't feel guilty. But when you feel guilty and condemned, it, it hurts your confidence. You're like, um, I mean, just imagine stealing $100 from somebody, and they know you stole it from them, and then the next moment ask them for $50. You think you're going to have a lot of confidence they'll give it to you? I mean, what if I just came up and punched Elder Taylor in the face and said, now give me all your money? You think he's going to give that to me? Why? Because I feel bad because of what I did to him. When you feel bad for what you did to God, and, and listen, you can be forgiven but still feel guilty. Okay, verse 20 says, Look at what verse 20 says. It says, and we will, verse 20, verse 20, say neighbor to neighbor, we got to get over guilt. Even if we feel guilty, God is what? He's greater than our feelings. Are y'all with me? And so sometimes because of guilt and condemnation, which condemnation is a form of rejection, you say why? Because condemnation is, 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 it's one of the steps to destruction. So in a sense, when you feel condemned like God doesn't love you, what will begin to happen is you won't run to him. You will run from him. And when you run from him, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be the devil right there with wide open arms saying, I got a door. I'm at your door waiting for you. 
notice he didn't say, notice he didn't say that the sin is trying to open the door. It just says, is that the door? Because we opened the door. You didn't get what I said. We're the ones who let it in after we feel rejected. He can't come in. That's why the Bible says don't give the devil a what? Foothold. What's, how do you give the devil a foothold? Ephesians 4 verse 26 says, and don't let anger control you. Ephesians 4, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. Tell your neighbor, say, we're getting scripture. Don't sin by what? Was Cain angry? So the doorway to the enemy taking over our minds and our hearts and our soul is, is what? It's, it's, it's anger. And, and anger and sadness is what? Rejection. So he's sitting there angry, sad. The enemy or the sin is on the other side of the door. It's in those moments, I'm telling you people of God, it's in those moments where you feel rejected by everybody else that you need to pray more than anything else. I'm just telling you. Because those are the weakest moments. You say, well, everybody else rejects me. God doesn't love me anymore. So I might as well go out and just blow it. Isn't that what we do sometimes? Because we don't have a revelation. He loves us. God rejects us. And that's why I believe the enemy tried. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He's always trying to accuse you. He's always trying to condemn you so that you'll be like Adam and Eve. You'll be running from the presence of God instead of running to the presence of God. And when you run from the presence of God, guess what? There's a door. The enemy's standing right there at the door. He's got trouble in his hands waiting right there at the door. I'm waiting for you. God rejected you, but I'm here. God rejected you. You got rejected. I know. I know you did. But I accept you. Just practice the lifestyle I'm telling you to live. Rejection will cause you to run from God. And run to a counterfeit acceptance from the enemy. He'll be right there at the door waiting for you. So, so Cain is rejected, and his rejection leads to what? Thirdly, rebellion. He just says, God, I'm just going to. So when people are rejected, there's a tendency for them to rebel against any and everything. Yeah, they resist correction, but they not only resist it in their mind, they, not only, they actually act on it. They just start, they just start, they come into place loud. They come, the job, they tell you at the job, they say, we want you to be here by 8 o'clock. I ain't got to show up by 8 o'clock. How many of people at your job right now that's always trying to get around the rules? It's a chance that they've been rejected and, and it's leading to constant rebellion. You tell everybody to go left. Everybody, go, 99 people go left. And because you rejected, you go right. Matter of fact, some people, some people know that when they were growing up, your parents really couldn't even tell you what to do. They had to tell you opposite of what they want you to do to get you to do what they want you to do. Just, I just, don't tell me what to do. I know how to do it. That's rebellion. I, I struggle with it too. Tell you say, we struggle with it too. I'm a grown man. We got a beard. Come on, don't that account for something? Amen. Got a couple gray hairs now. You better not be talking to me like that. How old are you? Say rebellion. So sometimes there's a tendency when God is trying to help you, he's trying to get you in community, you say, I'm just, no, because I'm so hurt, I'm just rebelling against anything that looks like authority, that looks like order. I'm going to rebel against it. So everybody else is praying one way. You got to pray another way. Not because God is calling you to pray that way. But you just want to be rebellious. 
I'm going to restore you at the end, but just stay with me. I got to take you through this tunnel. This, 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 this is a problem where, 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 where even in the house, the child, everybody else is doing right. They done done their chores, but this child who's been hurt and rejected, they keep rebelling. Didn't I tell you to go to bed at 10 o'clock? They go to bed at 10.05 just because. Because rejection will lead to rebellion. But it's when you have those moments that God begins to heal the heart. Some people can't submit until they get healed because they never even knew a father. So now you're talking about a father. The only father I knew, he rejected me. I can't worship a God like that. I can't submit to because your perception is that he's against you, but he's not against you. He's for you. And the enemy will have you running right around from your help. Tell your neighbor to say rebellion. I believe the last thing is number four, you become restless. Genesis chapter 4 verse 14. Now, this is after he committed the sin and God curses him, but I believe it can also hold true. You could take it or leave it to people who are rejected. It's a restlessness. He said, you will be a wanderer. You will be a homeless wanderer. That means you can't sit still because what happens is, I believe when the spirit of rejection is in operation, Elder Glenn, let me stand up. I'm going to show you. I'm doing a lot of acting out there. Hopefully, you're getting the picture. Amen. Have you ever walked in a room, and as soon as you walked in the room, you felt the charge pushing you away from the room? Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Nobody's even talking about you. But somebody laughs, and you said they're laughing at me. You feel like they're pushing you away. And, 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 and you, nobody's even talking about you. You say, oh, I know what they're talking about. They're talking about me. You feel pushed away. Because what will happen is the enemy's trying to get you restless. You say, I just don't feel comfortable around anybody. That spirit of rejection, you'll sit with people. And after two seconds, you'll say, they're talking about the way my head looks. They think I'm ugly. They don't think I have any money. They ain't said nothing about your money. Rejection will have you in a room full of people saying, everybody hate me in this room. You don't even know everybody. But that spirit, do you see how they looked at me? They don't like me. They were looking at you because they were about to say, hey. But it'll make you restless. You won't be able to find peace. You won't be able to settle anywhere and just really grow and develop anywhere. Everywhere you go, it seems like you're sitting on, on, on porcupines. It's just hurting. I can't rest. It always hurts because I believe the enemy is using that against you. The Bible says you, you have made me a homeless, this is Cain, a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. So what happens is you try, you, you try to be confident. You really do. But after about three seconds of talking to a person, you feel like they think I'm stupid by what I'm saying. And, and, and you feel a push in your chest. You feel a push in your heart. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. My own spouse don't even really love me. And you always feel yourself overdoing things, overcompensating because you keep feeling pushed. I'm helping you out today. You can never rest in relationships. You stay in relationships for two years and a breakup happens or, or a betrayal happens by you. You self-sabotage it. Why? Because you don't want to stay long enough because you feel they're going to come against you. You feel they're going to hurt you. But the devil is a liar in this season, you're finding relationships that you can stay in, that you can grow in, that you don't have to jump in and out of. The devil is a liar. You will find rest because the Lord gives his beloved rest. Can you give a shout of praise to the Lord? I'm trying to help you. It does. Yeah, you say, 
Everybody looking at me. Everybody hate me. Everybody think I'm stupid. Everybody think I'm a loser. Everybody think I'm a bad parent. Everybody think I'm a terrible child. Everybody think I'm ugly. Everybody think I'm dumb. Everybody think. Everybody think. Everybody think. Everybody think. Everybody can't stand me. Nobody can stand me. I don't fit in anywhere. Everywhere I go, that's you. That's the enemy. He loves to get us in that quagmire of rejection. And then you talk to people that say, man, I never thought that about you. But it was all in our mind the whole time. I believe we become restless. We become wanderers. When we struggle with commitment, it's a sign maybe that we are battling with the spirit of rejection. Overcoming rejection, how do we do it? I believe the righteousness of God. God told me, he said, if you just do right, you will be accepted. Now, obviously, now through grace, we don't, we, don't, we don't work for grace. Jesus gives us grace through his sacrifice. And righteousness causes us to be accepted by God. Can I tell you, as I said it earlier, Romans 8, verse 31 says, if God is for you, who can be against you? I believe when you know you're right with God, it don't matter how wrong you are with everybody else. Let me say that again. I believe when you know you're right with God, it doesn't matter how much wrong you are with somebody else. Because you know I'm accepted by God. Say righteousness. The righteousness of God. Now, I'm not, it's not saying it's, I know we quote, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. No, they hurt. But it's do we stay in that hurt? Do, 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 we, do we rest in that hurt? Do we harbor over that hurt? Do we go through their Instagram page and say, I hope I see something bad that happened in their life? I hope they lost their job this week. See, that, 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 that's, that's the type of stuff that we got to get over. But tell you, they say, I'm righteous in Christ. I believe one of the powerful things about, the, about sharing the gospel is you can tell people that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the past sins you've committed, no matter the shame you feel even right now, the devil is a liar because through the blood of Jesus, you are righteous. You are justified. You know what justified means? It's just as if I never did anything wrong. I'm just as so I no longer have to feel rejected by God. And because I know I'm accepted by God, it doesn't matter what everybody else denial is saying. As long as I'm accepted by God, that is what matters in my life. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Two. Two. Number two, you got to review the source of anger and sadness. Or in other words, you got to review why, why, why do I feel rejected? God asked Cain, he said, why are you angry? Why are you sad? I believe it's a good question to ask. Cause I don't believe he asked that because he didn't know. He knew the answer to it. But I believe it's healthy for us to review why are we feeling so angry and what happened and why are we feeling so sad, especially when it happened so many years ago. And I'm not trying to negate your healing process, but there are some things that will keep you from God's best if you keep on repeating it in your mind. It will tear up. It will be like a monster in the night. It'll be like that boogeyman you'll never find in your closet. It will always come after you. It will always badge you, and God's got better for you. And let me tell you this. If you think you can do it by yourself, you need to check again. There are relationships that are going to take you to another level. There are Ananias that are going to take you, Paul, to another level. There are Naomi's that start off bitter that will eventually take you to another level. But if you keep running from every relationship... So we got to review why, Lord, this is why, because it made me feel like I wasn't a man. 
This is why, because it made me feel like I wasn't credible anymore. This is why, because it made me feel like they messed up my reputation and they ended my life. But Joseph said, what you meant for evil. You rejected me, but your rejection was a setup. Hallelujah. We resist, why? Tell your name and say why. Here goes the other thing. We resist retaliation. Number three, this is how we overcome. We resist retaliation. That means that we're not trying to get back at people. We overcome evil by good. Some of us right now are facing situations where people have, they've rejected you. But you're not going to overcome it by trying to reject them and go evil for evil. You're going to overcome it by doing good to them. He says, sin is crouching at the door. He says, but you must subdue it. You must master it. There's always something at the door. You know, it might be a spouse finds out that one spouse, you know, has committed adultery. And because they're so hurt and they feel rejected, they say, I'm going to do it to you. But we got to learn how to resist the retaliation period. You might say, well, somebody talked about me, so I'm going to talk about them. We got to resist that retaliation period. That's why we need to be around a community of believers that are like-minded, that will tell us you're in your feelings right now. Get out your feelings. God, God is not against your feelings, but get out of your, don't be led by your feelings and get back in faith because what they did to you was only a setup. It was only a place of promotion. It's only something that's going to push you further. It's only something that's going to grow you. And then after a while, you'll be good to go. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, that, that is the truth. You need somebody you can call on the phone. Yeah, let them. you need to have somebody that you can yell at. And then they say, okay, are you finished? Who do you have that you can call on the phone and yell at? Just say, they just made me mad today, you know. You're taking it out on me. That's wrong, but I'll let you do it. But they'll be like a punching bag for you. All right, I still love you. Now, what, is you, now what are you going to do? No, I ain't going to do nothing. I just wanted to let you know. Okay, all right. You talk to them, and you bring them back to a place of faith. Well, do you believe God is still for you? Yes. Do you still believe that you're the righteousness of God? Yes. Do you believe that even though they rejected you, that God can make you a chief cornerstone? Yes. Do you believe that God can set you up for better? Yes. Okay, so why are you studying it? You need somebody that will bring you back to your purpose. Here goes the other thing. So you resist retaliation. Number four, you reach for your God-given future. Psalms 118, verse 22. I'm closing. Psalms 118, verse 22. Verse 22. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. I believe rejection is sometimes an entry point to elevation. And until we can face rejection, we will never get to the place God has for us. And I close with this scripture, Matthew 26, verse 44. It tells us something. Because I believe on the other side of rejection, there's somebody that God wants you to rescue. There's somebody that God wants you to help. There's somebody that God wants you to help bring healing to. But it's not until you get over the past rejection that you can move into the present redemption. And I believe that there are people, Patrick, if you can stand up on this side. See, a lot of you all, you heard me talking about the person over here. What's happened in the past has happened in the past. You can't go back and change it. Can I be honest with you? You can't. Dad left you. You can't change it. They talked about you. You can't change it. They, they, they did. They did. They did you wrong. You can't change it. But what you can, if I can use your bag again. What you can change is what you're carrying around. Yeah. 
You with me? Verse 44, what you can change is what you're carrying around. And a lot of us, we say, no, it's just, it just hurts too much to let it go. No, you got to let it go. You got to come to the cross and say, Lord, I receive your righteousness. Even though they say I was wrong, I am accepted by you. Even though they say I'll never amount to anything, I'm accepted by you. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy generation. And what you begin to find yourself doing is dropping the package of your pain. Watch this. At the foot of the cross. So what ends up happening is what happened back there. Stand up, Elder. I'm use you one more time. Doesn't affect you over here. How you doing? See you. See, I don't look like what I've been through. Because I found a middleman on the way to you. Y'all ain't talking to me. I found a healer on the way to you. I found a deliverer on the way to you. I found, y'all not, I found a restorer on the way to you. So now when I talk to you, you don't feel bitterness coming out of me. You don't feel hurt coming out of me. You feel the agape love of God flowing through me because I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in my destiny. Even in the midst of rejection, I'm still going to do my call. Isn't that what Jesus did when he was hanging on the cross, being rejected by everyone? He still looked over to the man and said, today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. I believe there's some people waiting on you to show up so that they can go to paradise so that they can be healed, so that they can be delivered. And yes, they need you to step up and get over your rejection so you can rescue them. If you don't give a shout of praise to God right now, come on. There's somebody waiting on you. There's somebody waiting on you. There's somebody waiting on you. Hallelujah. same cross he was rejected on was the same cross he was reaching out to people on. He didn't allow his rejection to stop his ministry. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. If we never get over that past rejection, we'll never move into our present and our future blessing. I believe God is going to use us powerfully in this ministry. We, we have to learn how to defeat that team muster called rejection. Because if we don't get rid of it, it's going to hurt other people around us. We're going to end up killing Abel. But today I believe God can restore hearts. So if you would stand on your feet, every head by every eye closed. Lord, we just pray right now that you are healing hearts. You are restoring minds. Some of you right now, you said, I can't do it. And you're right. You can't do it in and of yourself. You can't release the person in and of yourself. But through the agape love of God, you can. And what you need is help from God. What God requires, requires God. So this is your opportunity today. Can we just do something? Just say this, repeat, repeat this out of me. Say, Lord Jesus, I forgive everyone who hurt me and did me wrong. Every form of rejection I release them from it. I let them go because I believe you have better for me. They don't control my destiny. You do. And if you're for me, who can be against me? I am free 
because of you. Now, if every head bow, every eye closed, if you need to come back to the Lord, you can't walk in this agape love, this unconditional love, if you don't have Jesus on the inside of you. So I'm just going to do a quick prayer for those who say, I just need to be included in the prayer. I need to come back to the Lord, dedicate myself to the Lord. When I count to three, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hands, and I believe that God can move in your heart right now as I pray. One, that's you. Get ready. Two, that's you. You've been rejected, and you've allowed rejection to, to lead you away from God rather than causing you to run to God. When I say three, to slip your hand up, I'll pray for you. Three, slip your hand up, but that's you. I'm going to pray for you, pray with you. I see that hand right there. Is there anybody else? Raise it up high. Raise it up high. It's okay. No shame, no shame, no shame. It's okay. Hallelujah. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I know there might be people in my life I have to forgive. <laughs> and so I can't hold them because I need you not to hold me. And so, Lord, I ask you for forgiveness as I forgive others. And so, Lord, right now, I, I rededicate my life to you. Put in me a heart of love. Put in me a heart of mercy that will care for people even in the midst of their rejection. I will still die for the person who's rejecting me in my face. I thank you for the grace to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah! Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.